It's a new year and a new chance for you to make a fresh start with your compliance. For the next 31 days on the FCPA Compliance Report, we're going to be bringing you a daily tip, strategy, or idea that you can use to improve your program. Here's your host, Tom Fox, the Compliance Evangelist. This month's sponsor of 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program is Affiliated Monitors. Founded in 2004, Affiliated Monitors provides professional, independent, integrity monitoring and ethics and compliance assessments nationally and internationally and across almost all industries. With its knowledge of effective ethics and compliance programs and cultures, Affiliated Monitors is respected for its work as the corporate monitor on matters ranging from multinational corporations to small and mid-sized companies and even individuals. Having served in over 750 monitorships, no one has more experience as an independent monitor than the team at Affiliated Monitors. For more information on how an independent monitor can help improve your company's ethics and compliance program, visit this month's sponsor, Affiliated Monitors, at www.affiliatedmonitors.com. Managing Third Parties The building blocks of any compliance program lay the foundations for a best practices compliance program. For instance, in the life cycle management of third parties, most compliance practitioners understand the need for business justification, questionnaire due diligence, evaluation, and compliance terms and conditions in a contract. However, as many companies mature in their compliance program, the issue of third party management becomes more important. It is also one where the rubber meets the road of operationalization of compliance. This is certainly discussed in the 2020 update to the evaluation of corporate compliance programs with an entire section entitled Management of Relationships. The key is to have a strategic approach to how you structure and manage your third-party relationship during the full life cycle of the contract. This may mean more closely partnering with your third parties to help manage the anti-corruption compliance risk. It would certainly lead towards enabling your company to manage the risk while optimizing the performance of your third parties. Here, I'm going to list some of the key steps you can take. One, keep tabs on subcontracted work. This is one area that requires an appropriate level of management. If your third party has the right or will need to subcontract out work, you need to have visibility into this from the compliance perspective. You need to require and monitor the third party that your third party has approved compliance terms and conditions in their contracts with their subcontractors. You also need to test this proper proposition in other words, you must require trust and then verify. Two, when disaster strikes, make sure the company is legally protected. This is where your compliance terms and conditions come into play. One of the things you must have is a full indemnity if your third party violates the FCPA and your company is dragged into an investigation. Such an indemnity may not be worth too much, but if you do not have one, there's no chance to recoup any of your legal or investigative costs. Another important clause is that any FCPA violation is a material breach of contract. This means that you can legally, under the terms of the contract, terminate it immediately with no requirement for notice and cure. You may be somewhat constrained by local laws, but if you do not have this clause, you will have to give written notice and an opportunity to cure. This notice and cure provision may be too long to satisfy the DOJ or SEC during the pendency of an FCPA investigation. Finally, if you need a clause that requires your third party to cooperate in any FCPA investigation, this means cooperation with you and your designated investigation team, but it also may mean cooperation with the U.S. government. <clears throat> Next. 
keep track of your third party's financial health. This is one area that is usually not discussed in the compliance arena, but is almost self-evident. You certainly need to imagine the disruption that would occur if your primary third-party supplier in a country or a region goes bankrupt. In the compliance realm, if there is another untoward red flag that is raised in such circumstances, those third parties may be under financial pressure, and if so, may be more easily persuaded to engage in bribery and corruption than third parties that stand on a more solid financial footing. You can do this with a simple requirement that your third parties provide annual audited financial statements. Next, formalize the incentives for third-party compliance performance. Or as the 2020 update stated, how does the company incentivize compliance and ethical behavior by third parties? One of the key elements of the contracts, one of the key elements for any third-party contract is compensation issue. If the compensation or commission rate is too high, it could create a large pool of money that can be used to pay bribes. It is mandatory that your company link compensation or payment to the performance by the third party. If you have a long-term stable relationship with a third party, you can tie compensation into the long-term performance and specifically including long-term compliance performance. This requires the third party to put skin in the game so that they have a vested financial interest in getting things done in compliance and with anti-corruption laws. By linking contractual compensation to compliance performance, there should be an increase in third-party performance. This is especially valuable when you agree upon KPI metrics that can be accurately tracked. This would seem to be low-hanging fruit for the compliance practitioner. If you cannot come up with some time of metric from the compliance perspective, you can work with your business relationship team to develop such compliance KPIs. You should rank your third parties based upon a variety of factors, including performance, length of relationship, benchmarking metrics, and KPIs. This is a way for the compliance practitioner to have an ongoing risk ranking for third parties that can work as a preventative and even proscriptive prong of a compliance program and allow delivery of compliance resources to those third parties that might need or even warrant them. So what are today's three key takeaways? Number one, you should have a strategic approach to third-party risk management. This means you not only need to think about it, but you need to lay it out in some detail in a document that can be reviewed, audited, uh, monitored, and then updated as appropriate. It's critical that you have the documentation in place. So under the uh, thrown under the bus theory, if you fall under a bus, someone can pick it up and manage the relationship going forward. Number two, Keep track of the financial stability of your third parties. Uh, financial health of third parties is not often on the forefront of the minds of compliance practitioners, but I think it's easy to see in either the fraud triangle or the fraud pentagon, if a company is under financial pressure, they could be prone to bribery and corruption. And finally, rank your third parties based upon a variety of factors, including compliance and business performance, length of the relationship, benchmarking metrics, and key performance indicators around compliance or KPIs. It will all help you manage the relationship. If I could ask you to do so, would you pass on to at least one person this podcast series on the nuts and bolts of compliance as I'm trying to expand my audience base for 31 days to a more effective compliance program? I hope you'll join me again tomorrow where I take up another topic in innovation and compliance. Thanks again for listening. 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.